Organisations contributing to a more sustainable Isle of Man were recognised last week at the fourth UNESCO Biosphere Isle of Man Awards. The awards celebrate those contributing to the Man and the Biosphere programme's global aims of sustainable development, conservation and education and are organised in line with Biosphere Isle of Man's strategy, working together for a sustainable future. I began by asking Wendy Shimon of the One World Centre about winning the Education Award. Um, well, uh, we do all sorts, I guess. Um, uh, we raise awareness and educate across the whole community, business, individuals, families. Um, but we have a particular focus on younger people. We do a lot of work with schools. Um, we use the Sustainable Development Goals as a framework, really. So everything we do, every project we do, has a link to the Sustainable Development Goals, whether that's environmental or planetary or health or humanitarian. Uh, everything has a link to those goals. Uh, all, all our work has that focus about what is, what is the problem, um, what is the positive things that we can be doing to help resolve that, even if it's only something very small. Uh, and also having a global perspective on that, so we're not just thinking about the Isle of Man and our own biosphere, uh, but how we can positively impact the rest of the world as well. Because I suppose most people's experience of the One World Centre would be the uh, the uh, on, on Tinwell Day down at, in the Arboretum, the, the the fantastic events that you put on there. But uh, it's it's a much bigger organisation than just uh, an event on Tinwell Day, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. So the Global Village is all about. Um, introducing other cultures and celebrating other cultures that exist on the Isle of Man. Uh, but it has grown in recent years to uh, encompass environmental and sustainability groups as well. Uh, and again, it's that, it's that global perspective. It's, we're a small island and we should be very proud of what we do here. Um, but we're part of a much bigger world and we can be helping and being part of that bigger world as well. And, and would you say you're optimistic for the future? Um, I mean, it's always a difficult uh, question to ask, but uh, do you think the work that the One World Centre and others are doing, and many people celebrated here today, um, do you think that, that work is sufficient? Well, we have to be positive. Uh, you know, I meet lots of young people who are quite knowledgeable already about some of these big issues and recognise that we do have challenges. Um, but I guess our role is to encourage them that even if you only take small steps at a time, uh, things are achievable where we can make a difference. Uh, and, you know, if everybody does a small thing, that ends up being a large thing for the world. Um, so as optimistic as we can be and, and we're here to encourage that uh, and take that positive force with us. And, and in terms of the ambition then of, of the One World Centre, what, 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 would, what would be an ideal world maybe in, in, over the course of the next uh, uh, five years uh, f as far as the uh, One World Centre is concerned? What, what would you like to achieve? Well, we're all about addressing inequalities. Um, so some of those basic inequalities here on the island, but more particularly across the world. Um, you know, there's some very vulnerable, marginalised people. I mean, when you think about climate change, the people who are suffering the worst at the moment are those who have contributed least. So it's ironing out some of those inequalities uh, and taking it back to the Sustainable Development Goals. The, the motto to that is leave no one behind. Uh, and that's what we're all about, is trying to achieve that. So uh, raising everybody up uh, uh, and having an equitable and a fair world for everybody. Pippa Lavelle is chef and owner of sustainable restaurant Versa and won the Enjoyment and Engagement Award. I think that I've won this award because for the last few years 
every choice and everything I've done in regards to my business has been about sustainability at the core first, then everything else comes after, whether that's literally flavour, profit, everything comes after sustainability. For me, sustainability is absolutely everything my business is founded on um, and everything I do every day. So I think when something's so rooted in you, you just naturally achieve and do things off the back of that when it's your main priority so yeah the last few years for me have been winning several awards globally um, nationally and and just locally as well um, all because I'm trying to influence other people to operate businesses in the same way really and just yeah get everyone to realize that small choices really do add up and it's something that we absolutely have to be doing right now and I think People actually want me to win the awards and be recognised for what we do so that I can talk about it and get people on the same page and actually utilise these awards and stuff as a networking opportunity and also just to keep spreading the seeds and educating people. So I think I won the award as, well, a chance to showcase and talk about what we do to hopefully inspire more people, which is the plan. And, and you said something which... Uh, I suppose seems uh, quite remarkable and, and indeed is in my experience as, as the, the operator of a business uh, you, you pointed out that is it really sustainable for people to be going out to, to, to eat when they could be making their own food at home um, that's quite a bold thing to be saying really <laughs> yeah especially when you're a restaurant owner and a chef and it's what you do and what you love and what you care for well to be honest you don't have to go out to eat for dinner and especially with COVID and all the time we've had to read cookbooks and get good at, you know, and Instagramming all what we're eating at home and cooking. Like, people have really realised, actually, I can cook and I can save a lot of money by not going out and I can eat at home. So for me, as someone with a restaurant that's an unnecessary and it's a luxury thing that we do and an unnecessary thing that we do, actually, why would you not try to be as responsible in doing that and also utilize your business for change and to have impacts around sustainability it's just yeah it's just not a necessary thing to do is it go out to eat so for me coming to versa when you come there one you're keeping your footprint as small as you can by doing the unnecessary thing that we don't have to do secondly circular economy is at the forefront forefront of the restaurant and by eating my eight course tasting menu you're supporting god knows how many farmers and growers and producers and so the the whole concept of circular economy and keeping the footprint down for the whole community is well a way to keep the footprint down for the whole community um but yeah you're just you're having positive impacts by choosing to dine at the restaurant and yeah I mean, I could talk about this all day, to be honest. And, and sustainability, is, it's not something you can buy, really. Is it? it really is about lifestyle choices, isn't it? Yeah, it's such an umbrella term, and it means something different to everyone. But as long as, in my opinion, each individual is, is kind of, you know, at least just putting a few into practice and recognising that there's always more to be done and not getting complacent, then, you know, I think you're on the right track especially in the food industry um, the very quick and easy attitudes we have of just eating what we want when we want it going to the supermarket it's it's just really got to change and I think obviously with supply issues from Ukraine globally and after Covid and 
as mentioned earlier, even the death of the Queen, like all these different changes and, and things that are kind of shaking up our belief systems and just systems in general and food systems, I think it can all be for a, a positive reason actually and get people to reevaluate what sustainability means to them and things like the biosphere and the frameworks and for example Food Made Good, the Sustainable Restaurant Association has really good frameworks and all these different organisations with frameworks as to what sustainability is. The more of these frameworks that come out and the more conversation we have around what they should you know what they should be demonstrating and what these frameworks should be then who knows maybe we'll get somewhere but as long as each person is doing a little bit all the small small choices will will add up hopefully and just just why not i think the attitude is why not why would you not choose to be more green to be more sustainable why not what do you have to lose other than doing something good capital international won the economy award greg easton represented their investment team delighted to get the recognition but more importantly to see that um that actually within the investment industry things are starting to change and and sustainable investment um in the past 10 12 years ago it was very much niche uh, now it's becoming mainstream um and and uh, as an investment manager um it's increasingly important for us to look at the the environmental impact of our investments as well as the financial returns. Um, And there's long been a uh, a belief that you have to sacrifice returns um, uh, if you want to take a more sustainable approach. Um, However, what we're seeing now is actually the assessment of environmental risks, um, looking at things like biodiversity, land use and nature loss, um, that they do have a, a material impact on financial returns as well. Um, and we, we were talking about it before as a team, but the, um, I think everybody in community wants to make a positive impact uh, on the environment, whether that's uh, cleaning beaches or, um, or planting trees. Um, but what of, often gets overlooked, um, whether it's in your pension or whether it's um, your, your own wealth, um, is what you're actually invested in um, and, and whether that's doing harm or good. Um, so we spend a lot of time looking at uh, how to make more positive uh, and sustainable investments. Um, my name's Charlotte Luker, I'm also from Capital International Group. Uh, Greg and myself, we're part of the Conscious Capital Forum, which is essentially the uh, group of employees in our business who are motivated and passionate about um, sustainability. And it's divided into various work streams and um, one, for instance, is carbon. And that's how looking at how we reduce our carbon, be that through um, the way our staff are commuting to work or the, where we, how we source our energy. Um, We've also planted over 8,000 trees across um, the Isle of Man in Africa. Uh, So we've also been looking at sort of our international travel and as a financial services business on the Isle of Man. um, Post-pandemic, you now have to get back out and and do business again and people want to see you. Um, But we've looked at initiatives of how we travel off the island, working with the steam packet um, so that we can can travel more sustainably than than we would have done in the past. Um, We're also looking at uh, conducting a carbon audit on our our investment business um, so we really can see what impact our investments are, are having. Um, I suppose from a community perspective as well, Charlotte, there's quite, maybe Charlotte will cover a couple of community pieces. Yeah, um, it's not all about the carbon and the environmental side. So um, we're covering the E, the S and the G of ESG. So um, in terms of what we do socially, um, we work with various charities, both here on the island and in South Africa. So locally, we're working with the Isle of Man Woodland Trust, um, also working with hospice. Um, and then in South Africa, we work with the Super Troopers, which is a, a homeless charity based in Cape Town. And um, 
Green Pop, which is kind of the equivalent of the Woodland Trust, but they work on um, forest restoration all over Africa. So that's what we're doing socially. And it is a big step for a firm like yours to consciously decide on uh, investing in things that are sustainable, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things we did last year um, was become signatories of the United Nations Principles for Responsible Investing, um, which really put that commitment on us to uh, to make sure all of our investment decisions uh, had um, a responsible and sustainable approach to them. Um, so we now have a thematic uh, investment approach where we, we look to invest so that it's aligned with the Paris Agreement and also aligned with the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals. What we're also looking at now from a biodiversity perspective perspective is COP15 coming up later this year in Montreal um, to hopefully see um, the task force for nature-related disclosures um, come about in the way that the task force for climate-related disclosures came about at uh, in, in Paris in, in 2015 and feel that the whole biodiversity element often gets overlooked, but it's just as important for us to be assessing that as climate risks. Um, and, and I think the Biosphere Awards on the Isle of Man um, is a real example of how actually um, looking after nature uh, is important from a societal perspective but from an economic perspective as well so we were delighted to win the award um, and yeah um, very very pleased to be part of the the Isle of Man biosphere. Facilities manager Jason Buckley represented Zurich who won the energy award. Fantastic um, um, project that you've you've undertaken there Could, could you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah I mean it's um it's been 15 16 months in uh, in sort of research and projects there and we we sort of switched on the solar array on the 28th of july so it's been a bit, it's been a journey so there's been a lot of research a lot of planning um we've needed to monitor um, electricity consumption um, l- lighting and all all sorts of different things in in order to come up with the right um installation for us um but now it's it's on you know it, it's doing a great job for us and, and the solar array, um, for those who don't know, it's the largest on the Isle of Man. And, and where would people go to, to see it? Uh, well, um, it is the largest on the Isle of Man. I think it's the largest of its type. It's bespoke for us. I, I don't think there's another one in the UK, to be quite honest, um, of its style. Um, it's actually positioned on the top of our car park, um, which is positioned behind Zurich House in the Isle of Man Business Park. Okay, and what, what, what possessed the organisation to, to go and do that? What, what was the motivation behind it? Well, um, there's a natural progression towards um, sustainability, our environment and climate change, and we wanted to really uh, make a big impact as far as our uh, sustainability sort of drive um, is, is concerned. And we, we ha- recently we've had um, new targets that have been um, issued by our group, um, and in order for us to drive those forward, we needed to do something significant. And um, we came up with, with this, which is the first part of, uh, of a sustainability drive locally uh, and globally. Um, uh, so we, we will see that develop over the coming years as well. So. And, and it will provide a, a significant proportion of your energy usage, won't it? Yes, it will. Um, it, it, over a year, it will provide around about 70% of, of the electricity requirement. And we, uh, as it stands, so we can actually add to that, so we can actually put more panels on it. Um, we're introducing more EV vehicle charging. And um, this year, we're looking at um, EV storage, so essentially batteries. So we'll be looking to install those next year. Um, we'll be looking to turn the car park lighting into individual solar 
uh, powered units for themselves so that'll give the building more capacity so I'm hoping that we by the end of next year we'll be pushing 80 percent rather than just 70. The whole Manx farming community together with the Manx Wildlife Trust won the prestigious award for environment. I spoke with Lee Morris of the Trust and Steve Martin, a farmer and passionate advocate for farming and the environment. That's right, and obviously it, it's Lee in the Manx Wildlife Trust you know, that put the farming community forward with this award, so you know, the credit must go to them as well as the farming community. And I think especially um, to David Bellamy, who is the um, Agri-Environment Officer for the Wildlife Trust, who are the delivery partners for DEFA. And um, David's knowledge and enthusiasm and ability to get on with the farming community, I think, has been a, a major factor in the uptake and the success of the agri-environment scheme. And uh, Lee Morris, I mean, you, you must be delighted uh, with the success. Obviously, the Manx Wildlife Trust has been a, a, a key uh, partner in, in all of this. And uh, Dave Bellamy in particular, his work uh, going around the farms um, explaining uh, perhaps or, or encouraging uh, farmers uh, to uh, better understand how the agri-environment scheme works. That's, that's been really uh, fundamental work, hasn't it? Yeah, David's, David's amazing. Um, I think for, for the Wildlife Trust, it was just such an opportunity for us. I, I'd only been on the island shortly and the, and the tender came up. And we, um, we've been, we're 50 next year and we're proud of that, Manx Wildlife Trust. And we've got 26 now, 27 nature reserves, but in total they cover about 0.4% of the island. And, and farming is 72 at least, up to maybe 80-odd percent of the island. So for us, the opportunity to work with farmers to get, to get gains for nature across the bulk of the island was just too good to be true. And, and, and David arrived at the same time and immediately, you know, probably the best thing I've done since I started my job was, was give David a job. Um, because then we've suddenly got the right person um, working in there and, and and I have to say David's amazing but I should recognize that this is very much about the community you know we didn't create the agri-environment scheme that was done by the, the previous DEFA, DEFA Andy Lees, John Harrison, the previous minister Geoffrey Boot these are people that, that created this agri-environment scheme um, it was put out we tended to be the delivery partner because we saw it was such an ad a great thing for us and, and, and David got the gig and I think then you know, through David and Laura the administrator and, and others in our team Andre and others you know really trying to to help the farmers and, and I think you know there are there are absolutely farmers on this island such as Steve who do great things for nature already um, and certainly for us and certainly on my watch you know we want to work positively with farmers because we all eat and we all need food um, and, and, we, and we just want to try and help the farmers do it as, as what we can in, in as sustainable way as possible. I still remember in some of the earlier discussions when I was uh, uh, Minister for the Environment and Food and Agriculture, uh, John uh, Kenyuk, the late and sadly missed John Kenyuk, saying, yes, but we already do this. Why do we need the biosphere uh, recognition? Um, so I, I hope that uh, if John is, is looking down on us, he'll, he'll be delighted that actually uh, the farmers are being recognised for this wonderful work. Well, that's right. I mean, in, in the past, I did mention to Lee earlier that we've been putting areas aside for the wildlife since the 1970s. But under the old scheme, any areas that we'd put aside were actually deducted from our area payment. So it was a, it was a double whammy for us, really. So that we welcomed the new scheme and the fact that long last, 
you know, the people who are interested in, in planting and putting areas aside for wildlife were actually going to be financially rewarded for it. And, and as you know, um, farmers will adapt and move with what the uh, financial uh, advantages are in certain situations. And you, you made some fairly uh, stirring comments, uh, certainly pro- uh, thought-provoking comments in relation to uh, the, the whole survival of the agricultural industry, uh, food production sector. Uh, it's an incredibly difficult time, isn't it, at the moment? Very, very difficult. And uh, yeah, no matter what sector you look at, I'm obviously... Uh, We've been involved with the milling wheat sector, as have others, and and this is one of the problems, is that people say we should be producing food, which is quite right, but the problem is, if there is no outlet for the food that we are producing, then we can't produce it. And with the demise of Ramsey Bakery, it calls in under threat for like the Laxey Mills. Um, at the moment, um, we hope that the, the meat plant will survive and prosper, but there are problems there too. So it, it, it's, a major, it's a major problem on the island to sort of you know, sustain some of the, uh, the, the, the parts of the industries that we want. Uh, Lee Morris, I mean, you mentioned that you were uh, formerly a, a producer, a food producer yourself. Um, for, for far too long, uh, there has been this view that uh, food production and uh, the environment are in some way in conflict. It doesn't need to be the case, does it? No. Um, my background was crop growing, actually mainly ornamental crops, but some glasshouse um, veg crops as well. Um, so I think it, you know, we all eat and, and we can't be in conflict. I think there's a degree of pragmatism. Um, I'm aware of conflicts between conservationists and farmers. That's not going to, that's not the way forward. It's not, and it's, you know, to reassure the Manx farming community, that's, that's not me or David, or it, I think that's the whole culture now, right from our chair, Simon Kane, right through Manx Wildlife Trust now, we want to work positively and pragmatically with farmers, because it's just too important not to. I, I say again, it's 78, 72 to 88% of the island compared to 0.4% of our nature reserve. So we have to work well with, with you guys, such as Steve, and we, we love it. It's really enjoyable, because they, they typically want to do it with us. And hopefully uh, this award um, will uh, encourage uh, more people to actually go out and buy Manx uh, produced food. Well, we hope so. And, and I think a point I would like to make as well, I know some people were worried that the agri-environment scheme would mean that we we're going to be on mass tree planting and it would hit food production. But we only plant up corners uh, and less productive corners of the farm. We're not blanket planting the whole farm. There is still, the majority of the farm is there for food production. But the problem is going to be, and that's a problem for the department and for politicians, is how to address this whole problem of food security for the island. And um, I don't envy them trying to find a solution, quite honestly. I would advocate that actually the most important reason for biosphere for the Isle of Man is its economic basis of keeping corporates and funding on the island and then the environment and everything else benefits from that because those companies are based here the people that work for them spend money here they attract more money and they also want to fund environmental projects because it's good for their ESG which is on their balance sheet now so I think it's not a nice to do anymore it's a must do 
And I think these awards and the amount of people that are applying really showcases that people understand that. That's right. And, and one nice thing about um, when we undertook the planting we did last year, it was all done in conjunction with the Woodland Trust. And, uh, and, and volunteers, we, we must have had uh, know, 50 or so volunteers come out to actually plant the trees, including the minister, Claire Barber, and her two boys, which was wonderful. We had people there from the Wildlife Trust. And when people were out planting the trees, people were asking us about farming, asking us about food production. So it was a two-way thing. We're getting the trees planted, but we can also spread the message about what farming is doing for the island. Some real hope and optimism for the future there, and it was a real pleasure to cover the awards. Are these steps in the right direction big enough to make a difference? Or is it a forlorn hope to dream of a sustainable future? Please get in touch with Phil Gorn at manxradio.com and let me know your thoughts and views on the programme. For now, though, I'm Phil Gorn, Guramayu. Thanks for listening. <laughs>